Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, beautiful Friday afternoon. Mike Max sitting in for Paul and Jordana. It is as gorgeous outside. I walked over here down, walked through Nicollet Mall. It is eclectic, I think is the word I want to use. It's, it's, um, I have to say this about downtown Minneapolis. And I've said things about downtown, I don't know if you don't know this or not, but I've said things about downtown Minneapolis before. But with all of its, I don't think you call them eccentricities. It's cool. Because you really don't know what you're going to see when you walk through downtown Minneapolis. I just posted some pictures on my Facebook page if you want to look it up. Because it just kind of took me. It was, it was a nice day, and, and you see um, a lot of different people, all walks of life. And um, and the bus line goes right through downtown the Nicollet Mall. And it, it's just, it just it's, it's interesting. I guess it depends on your personality. I, I kind of have that adventurous personality where I, I welcome the unknown. And I don't know what I'm going to see when I walk downtown. And some of it is disturbing. Today there were um, uh, two toddlers, had to be two years or younger, Eight people standing on the street corner and right down the side. All you could smell was pot. You're going, that's really good. A couple of two-year-olds sitting there. But then there's also this, this vibe and there's people sitting outside now again. The restaurants and they're, and they're uh, conversing. And it looks like the end of a long week and they're having happy hour again like it used to be. And then you've got the volunteers that are there to keep it safer. They're not really volunteers. I think they pay these organizations now. Uh, but they have different T-shirts that identify what team they're on. And they're just there to kind of help. And, and, and that's cool. And now they got the pianos back. And the pianos are really cool. They bring in pianos to downtown Minneapolis. They put them in different places. And last year they did this. And anybody can walk up and just play the piano. They don't let me. But, I mean, anybody that can kind of play the piano, they let play the piano. And um, there are people that are really talented this stuff. And they just, and they just play the piano for a while. And then you can walk on and be on your way. And I go out there last year, and I look forward to doing it again this year, this piano, because it's kind of a gathering point. You know, somebody plays the piano well, and then a couple other people stop listening, and pretty soon you're in a conversation, and, and, I, and I'm not kidding you. I had more good conversations last year with the homeless, sitting around pianos while people talked. And they would ask about sports, and I would ask how they ended up homeless, and the, these conversations would just evolve. And it was really enlightening to me to see it, but it's because they put these pianos, and these pianos are great focal points, and you see them, and you go, Wow. And, and then, then you go, how does this work? And then, you, and then somebody sits down and they, they can play it. And then some of them can play it really well. Some of these people are like musicians and they have to be downtown and they stop and they play the piano. And, and, but people start to gather. And, and, and I don't know, I can't remember. I wish I could give credit to uh, who came up with that idea because it's so, it's so simple. There's one right by the IDS Center. There's one across the street. Um, but it's really effective in terms of getting people to do what you want them to do um, to visit with each other. Period. Find out about each other. It's good stuff. Uh, I was also out at uh, at AMI today. I do the spots. I endorse thinkami.com. And they had a, a lunch. They got a big award from Bryant. 
Uh, they were named the Dealer of the Year by Brian, and that's that's a huge deal. Like they sent them to the Indy 500 as you know part of the because because they 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 performed at such a high level. Uh, but I went out there and, and I'm sitting with Mike Nesdal and Ross and the whole crew, and it was really interesting to talk to them uh, about their business, about what they do. And and there was a Bryant, uh, one of the ladies that works for for Bryant as a salesperson, and she was telling talking about this and that. And you don't realize how many. This is why life is always interesting. Whether you see a piano sitting there, or people smoking dope on the corner, or you're talking to somebody about. Uh, supply and demand for the upcoming season and how hot weather, uh, how much that affects sales of air conditioners. And you go, yeah, I guess I really didn't thought about that. It makes perfect sense. But how it spikes when you see it. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm going through it and we're sitting a beautiful day. And we're sitting out there and we're having a picnic and we're eating some uh, they, they pulled pork, you know, and you put your own barbecue sauce on it with a little mac and cheese. And, and then they had, they had ice cream at the end. And Ross, the owner, he just got back. He was in Hawaii for part of the winter. And so we're talking about that. And, and what it was like, and, and he went hunting when he was in Hawaii. And it was, I mean, they, 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 I guess what I'm saying is today was just another day, except it was really interesting because I was around people that were interesting. Whether it was on Nicollet Mall or out with the great folks at AMI, now here with Tubbsy, he'll have a good story or two to tell throughout the, uh, the show of something that's interesting. Uh, it's all fun. Um, there's also a... Um, a Johnny Hunter just called me. Johnny, we're on the air right now, so I'm going to call you back in about two minutes, okay? I'll call you on this phone, okay? Okay. Did you folks hear that? I'm supposed to call him on this phone, right? That phone. That's what he said, right? Yes. Okay. On that phone, yes. I'm going to call him on this phone um, because they've got – how much time before we have a break, Tubbsy? Uh, Probably like two minutes, and then we got uh, four minutes before Lammers. Okay, we'll figure this out. Uh, they've, they've got their, this is really cool, in North Minneapolis, where the police and the kids from the neighborhood get together and play basketball. And and I wanted to get somebody on from there. So we'll work it out during the commercial break. Is that okay, Tubbsy? Yeah. yeah okay, th- th- then let's do this. Let's take a break now, and that'll leave us more time for the entirety of this next segment, okay? Sounds good. And can we do two guests then? Yeah, yeah, we'll do uh, we'll do Tim. We'll do Lammers first. Yeah, we'll do Tim, and, 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 then, and then we'll, then we'll call out to the basketball, right? Yeah, yeah, we can. Do, we can yeah. do that, right? Yeah, we'll do Tim. Hey, we can do whatever we want. Yeah, you heard him, right? He said, "Call him on this phone, right?" Yeah. Okay, we're off to a good start. Here, I can't folks. call. I can't call him on that phone, but I can call from this phone to that phone. Which phone do you mean? This phone, not your cell phone. No, not no, not my cell phone. The studio phone. Okay, you point. Call, I can't I'll, see what you're pointing. You're pointing to the studio phone, right? Yeah, I'll call him from the studio phone. To uh, his number. Okay, but you heard him say it. I heard him. It say was it, on the yeah. air, so he's verified, right? He's confirmed. He's yeah. That's that's how we book it. It's yeah. He, he's, but he said it on the air. Yes. Okay. Well, then he's going to be on. Okay. That, well, that good. Is, that there, is, that that's, is on the fly. Right that's now. all we know for the next segment. Stay with us. Mike Max sitting in three to five thirty, and then it's Twins baseball and WCCO. Marconi award winning. And they chewed us up and spit us out. I just want to check in with y'all on your past due payment. Message deleted. What you did in uniform? Sledgehammer. Our thing, scalpel work. We operate a deep black OGA offshoot with direct presidential authority. Oh, it's called The Contractor, starring Chris Pine, Ben Foster, and Kiefer Sutherland. Joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline, the man that breaks it down, Tim Lammers, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys. Tim, first of all, thank you for joining us. Second, I, I, I listened to that clip, and I always try to see if I can figure out what it's about based on the clip that I hear, and I have no idea what The Contractor's about based on that clip. Tell me more. 
Well, thanks, Mike. Uh, good to talk with you again. You and, and, and hopefully, you know, clips or trailers aren't going to give you the full story. Otherwise, it's like, what's the point of seeing the movie? Um, but, you know, what I can tell you is, is that uh, Pine, who is a terrific actor, you know, obviously Star Trek and Wonder Woman and everything else, he plays this highly decorated Army Special Forces soldier discharged after it was found that he tested for steroids in his system and the like. Thing is, through combat, his knee is gone, he's in pain, his bills are piling up, and as part of discharge, he lost his pension and full medical benefits, so he's not given any choice but to go into military contracting. Um, as it Ooh. turns out, since this is an off-the-books thing, it's unpredictable, and the mission goes way south, so it's a matter of survival, and it's a matter of revenge when things go horribly awry. Okay, uh, Kiefer Sutherland, I, I watched Designated Survivor. I liked it so much, I'm watching it again. I think yeah. he is so good in that series. I don't know if he won any awards for it, but golly, I think he's good as the president. Yeah, you know, I don't know if he did win awards for that, but I do know that they eventually honored him for 24. Hmm. I mean... You know, I was talking with somebody about this earlier. It, you know, it's amazing how, you know, full of a career this guy has had yeah. going back to the Lost Boys and Flatliners. You know, we're talking about the mm -hmm. 80s. And, of course, you know, he's the son of the great Donald Sutherland. Yep. So the talent definitely runs in the genes. And, you know, it's always great when he shows up in a film like The Contractor. He's not the star, mm -hmm. granted, but uh, he has such of a huge presence when he is in a film. Um, you know, this is Chris Pine's movie, Ben Foster, uh, who teamed up with Pine in Hell or High Water and another terrific movie called Finest Hour. You know, they're good together. It's mostly Chris's movie and Ben's to a ex certain extent. Kiefer is kind of like he's the bookend. You know, he's in a big scene at the end and in a big scene at the beginning. And maybe you see a little bit of him in the middle. But again, enough to just take a movie up an extra notch. For sure. Hey, there's a new theatrical release. She too? I, uh... You don't speak Romanian. You don't like? No, it's lovely. <laughs> There's this guy that lives across the street, and he's always looking over here. Looking over here how? Every time I look over there, he's just staring right at me. It's called The Watcher, Tim. And I, 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 again, I don't know based on that, but I don't think it's a comedy. It is not a comedy, Mike. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty straightforward horror thriller. Um, it stars this younger actress, Micah Monroe. She was in this terrific movie called It Follows. Um, here she plays a former actress who moves from New York City into this apartment with her husband in Romania. Uh, things get really strange when she notices this shadowy figure peering through the window of a building across the street. And just so happens there's a serial killer on the loose in the city. Uh, is this the guy? Is it mm. the serial killer watching her? Um, or is it just a creep? Just and then she sorts of turns the tables. She, she suspects this guy. She tracks him down. Is she the watcher? I mean, you know, Ooh. so what's really interesting is... It has this really uneasy tone from the beginning, and it never lets you go. I mean, it's a horror thriller, but it's nothing fantastical about it. Instead, it, it has that frighteningly real tone to it, something kind of like a rip the uh, headlines off the page sort of feel, like this could happen. 
And so it's very unnerving and it really gets, you can feel the fear in your bones. I mean, you can feel impending doom. So, you know, I would maybe classify it more as a paranoid thriller, but, uh, yeah, either way, I think you'll be biting your nails watching this picture. All right, before I let you go, uh, I'm, I'm going to go to a Top Gun Maverick. I, I don't even want you to tell me one thing about it. All that I've been told, and I want you to verify or deny, is that it's worth going to. Yes. Okay, that's all I want to that's know, okay? Because yes. I'm worried, because I'm starting to hear tidbits. I don't want to know, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, and I and I, but I would like to hear. Post your thoughts on Facebook or something, because you know we follow each other, and and I'd love sure. to hear what you think of it after you see it. Uh, well, you know, when the first one came out, so many people thought that you know I, I reminded them so much of Cruz in the movie, and so I, I want to see if that if, if we've aged the same. Mm, There's a yeah, pause uh, there, Tim. <laughs> 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 Thank you, sir. Have a great weekend. You too. Good to talk with you, and have a great weekend. You too. Tim Lammers, nice stuff to join us. Uh, they've got quite a basketball game going on today over on the north side of Minneapolis, the Hospitality House. A police force and the youth play, join hands and play against each other. Charlie Adams, is the he runs the 4th Precinct over there, and he joins us now. And, and Charlie, this has become more than an annual event, but explain what's going on today. Yeah, Mike, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, Hospitality's host hosting their skills competition here. It was a basketball game a couple of years ago with versus officers, but we had an officer kind of blow his knee out. Uh-oh. And so we stopped, we stopped that. And <laughs> we turned it so the last couple of years has been a skills competition. Yeah, last thing you need, you've got enough officers that you know, you've lost enough. Last thing you need is a guy with ACL now because he's playing a basketball game, huh? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we, you know, we do a skill competition with the kids, and, uh, you know, and I just watched this uh, – Little young man, he could have been about nine years old. I think he's the next Steph Curry. He's, he's got it, huh? Everything he was shooting up. Yeah, yeah, that's fun when you see one like that and it just pops. But the premise of this is is to get the police force and 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 the community to understand each other, right? To, to understand that you you all want the same thing, so to speak, and that police are human too. Yeah, and that, that's the whole purpose of it, Mike. Especially for the young kids to see officers in their uniforms and not to be afraid of us. You know, when I walked into the gym, I, you know, I got a, a nice applause and kids coming up and slapping mm-hmm. me on my hands and high five, and and that's exactly what I want them to feel when they when they encounter one of our law enforcement officers. In general, when if you walk on the north side and you're in your uniform, do do you walk? I mean, do you pay attention to the body language of others? Do they try to avoid you? Do they try to not make eye contact with you, or do they gravitate to you? No, they they speak to me. The ones avoiding me is doing something wrong. So, <laughs> and, and so that's you know I I'll laugh at that part. But no, you know you know out in uniform everybody acknowledges you and uh and if the, you know some don't don't want to be bothered with you then they don't be bothered. But it's rarely I get a a uh, somebody to turn their nose up at me. It's always a higher what's up or or they know who I am. There were four shootings they said Thursday that seven different people injured or something like that between Thursday afternoon and this morning. Um, how are we feeling about it overall? I mean, this wasn't just North Minneapolis where you are. I think this was across the city. Uh, and we hear those, and it's always alarming when we hear it. But how do you feel in general right now today? Well, I did have four yesterday. I mean, yesterday afternoon. Uh, right now I'm trying to work with my community partners, get them out on some hot spots. Some of our hot spots have shifted into other areas. So we're trying to identify them. Uh, I have my community response teams out there trying to identify. And we actually, we've been very busy today. But, you know, one thing I can say that my officers have been out there working their, their tails off trying to, you know, slow this down. And even last night's shooting where a young lady got shot in the lake on Broadway and uh, on Penn, our officers put a tourniquet on 
possibly saving their lives. So oh, they continue to do the work, Mike. That's just become such an everyday occurrence, hasn't it? I mean, you guys are saving lives. Yeah, and that's what they do. Hmm. And they do it really well, Charlie. And don't forget, a lot of us have great respect and admiration for you and your staff. So keep doing what you're doing, my friend. Okay, I appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for having me on. You bet, Charlie Adams. Skills competition. I didn't realize they're not playing the game anymore. Once a police officer blew out his knee, they said, we, be- <laughs> we need the officers. We get him playing basketball and blowing out their knees. We got plenty more to come. Uh, a lot of health-related uh, topics because I think it's germane. When we come back, Dr. Lauren Anthony uh, with Line of Health, blood donation awareness. This is trauma season because car accidents are up this time of year. What can you do to contribute? She will explain when we come back. Welcome back. Mike Max sitting in for Paul and Jordana on this Friday, June 3rd, 2022. Joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, Dr. Lauren Anthony, Medical Laboratory Director with Alina Health. Uh, topic, blood donation awareness. It is trauma season that we're entering. And um, I think it's always a good time to give blood, probably. Uh, Dr. Anthony, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Is is it heightened now because of, of of accidents more than any other time of the year? What is it when we start talking about trauma season? Yeah, trauma season is summer, and it's the warm months between Memorial Day and Labor Day. People are out more. They're going on road trips. They're playing sports, and they're out on the water enjoying swimming and boating. So as the temperatures rise, injuries rise. People are out there focused on fun, and safety is not always their first thought. So trauma season does mean more accidents, more injuries, and more bleeding. I'm going to ask you a stupid question, but I'm kind of dumb, so so it makes sense to our audience. Does COVID have anything to do with giving blood? In other words, when you take somebody's a blood test, can you detect if they have COVID or not? That's actually a very good question. Um, the uh, there. For one thing, it's very safe to donate, but it has affected the donor centers because they have um, extra safety measures in place while they're at the donor center. They have distancing and extra disinfection and so forth when they're um, collecting the blood units from volunteers. And uh, they can't tell directly from, from your blood if you have COVID that the answer is no. But it does affect donations because the blood centers have to be more careful to meet the you know, requirements now sure. that they have because of pandemic. But it also means that, that you could donate, even if you have COVID or not, it, it doesn't uh, infect or uh, at all compromise your blood. No, you should never donate when you feel ill. They screen for all of that. Yeah. And, you know, you get your temperature taken and your blood pressure measured and your uh, hemoglobin level checked when you donate. And they go through a very extensive health questionnaire so uh, you should be feeling well when you donate. Now, I've been given a lot of blood the last couple of years. And uh, one of the things that they tell me is that it's like an oil change, that, that it's, it's good for your body to regenerate new blood. Can you, can you explain that a little bit? Because it motivates me to hear that. Well, if you're a healthy person, you can certainly spare a donation of blood and uh, you're, you can readily replenish it from your bone marrow. So healthy individuals can... Uh, donate blood with no harm, and it you know can have some benefits. Generally, uh, I don't know. It uh, generally, I guess, uh, stimulates your bone marrow and uh, causes you to make additional 
blood cells to replenish the ones that you donated. So uh, it's a win-win. How, can you give us any numbers of what the need is? I mean, I don't. Do you measure it in pints? In, in what? In terms of how much blood uh, is used, donated blood is used in in a, in a, a week, a month, uh, whatever, uh, at a hospital. And I understand that it varies based on what hospital you're talking about. Yeah, well, I work at Alina Health, and we have eleven hospitals, and I would say, you know, it difference. It it depends on the size of the hospital and what sort of patients you see, what sort of surgeries you do, and whether or not you're, um, you have a, a trauma unit in your hospital. But in the Alina system, I'd say we use about 20,000 units of blood per year. So, uh, and that's all to support surgeries, cancer care, and people with bleeding emergencies and uh, are brought into the hospital. Dr. Anthony, the easiest way to give blood is what if someone has not done it before? Well, you can find a lot of information these days on the web. And are, we're lucky in the Twin Cities to have two blood, blood centers. There's Memorial Blood Center and the American Red Cross. And they both have websites with a lot of information and where you can find blood drives, where you can uh, make appointments and get more information about, you know, the donation process. So it's very uh, easy to get the information now from these websites. So I would encourage folks to visit them. The Atlanta partners with the Red Cross for our blood drives. So you can visit redcrossblood.org. It's R-E-D-C-R-O-S-S-B-L-O-O-D dot O-R-G. And you can find a blood drive by zip code and all sorts of information about donation. Yeah, for people that haven't done it before, once you get there, it's a pretty easy process. It's boom, boom, boom. Uh, and they've done it before, so they know exactly what they're doing. Hey, thank you so much for giving us some minutes, uh, Dr. Anthony, and have a great weekend. Okay, well, thank you. You bet. When we come back, Ron Tomasani. Uh, it's called The Ranch. And The Ranch is a place that is... Um, the catalyst of it was Mark Pavlish, who took his own life, a former 1980 Miracle on Ice member. And um, they're trying to figure out what they can do to help hockey players that have had head injuries and trauma. But obviously it goes beyond hockey. And Ron was the, the, Ron was the former uh, head coach at Harvard. And, and this is going on. They're building this uh, up by uh, Sauk Center, Minnesota. It's, it's, it's a very interesting uh, study of what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish with it. But th- that's enough for me. When we come back, we'll visit with him. Stay with us. Mike Maxson for Paul and Jor on News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back. Joining us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, Ron Tomasoni from Eveleth, Minnesota. Still a storied hockey player up there. And Eveleth, of course, we got a Hall of Famer, Steve Cannon, that used to be in this, sit in this chair. Ron maybe met him over the years, but Ron was also a teammate to Mark Pavlich, um, who uh, took his own life in, in the last... Uh, in the last year, and of course, was on the Miracle on Ice team. And because of that, uh, the catalyst, uh, in part for what they call the ranch up near Sauk Center, that they're, that they're building to help hockey players and more that, that have had um, maybe head trauma or things like that. I'll let Ron explain. He'll do much better than I, but he joins us now. Ron, I've been looking forward to talking to you for a long time. When Tip, Anab- Tip Annabeck tells me this guy's a really good guest, I say we got to get him on the air. How are you? I am well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, now you coached Harvard for a long time. Yeah, I was out there for eighteen years. What, what, what's Harvard like? 
Oh, it's a great place. I mean, it's all about the people, no matter where you go, right? They make a place great. And uh, I was fortunate to coach, uh, you know, some outstanding hockey players, but more importantly, some uh, outstanding uh, human beings. They were just great people. Uh, everyone associated with uh, Harvard that I met were just absolutely wonderful. And particular Bill Cleary, who was my mentor, you know, I worked first as Bill's assistant, then as associate head coach, and then later he became the athletic director and I became the head coach. And uh, he's an amazing man. As a matter of fact, he just uh, recently wrote a book, and it's out now, and he sent me a copy, and uh, it was uh, Vintage Bill Cleary. Mm. It was a great book. Does it just reek of history and academia? What, what does it feel like on that campus? Well, obviously, it's, you know, you know, rated as one of the very best schools in the world. And, uh, you know, it's uh, got a reputation that, uh, you know, I think you can go anywhere in the world. That was one of the real advantages of recruiting. Uh, it basically was a lot, allowed us to get into anyone's door just because sure. of the name, you know, the name alone. Yeah, you can get an offer from Harvard, even if you don't take it, it's worth putting on your resume, you know? That's right. That's right. Ron, explain Mark Pavlich. You've known him since you, you knew him when he was, you know, you were just squirts playing hockey. Uh, you know, for most of us, he, he's kind of seen as a, was seen as a recluse and aloof, uh, particularly over the last several years. Who was he? Well, Mark was just an absolutely wonderful human being. I mean, he just, uh, I met him when I was eight years old. Uh, he lived out at Ely Lake, which we call a suburb of Eveleth. Hmm. I lived in town, so he went to a different elementary school, and I went to the elementary school near where I lived. Uh, so I met him in squirt hockey, and uh, I remember meeting him the first time, and we played against each other, and I knew right away that this young man was uh, he was going to be pretty special. Really? So after the game, uh, there was another game going on, so we were a bunch of kids up in the stands at the hip there, and sitting around, I went and bought a bag of peanuts, and I made sure that I kept offering him peanuts because I wanted to get to know him, and I did that a few times after a few games, and eventually he started calling me Peanut Boy uh, my, as a nickname. Mm-hmm. Thank God that didn't stick. But, uh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you know, we, we grew up together and uh, all the way through high school and uh, played with each other. He was uh, a phenomenal hockey player, but as impressive as he was as a hockey player, he was even a better person. Uh, Mark was the kind of guy that would give you the shirt off his back. He did not like the, you know, he did not like the limelight. You know, he shied. He was a very shy person. But if you became his friend, he trusted you, and uh, he was a very loyal friend. And uh, and he, and he, he was very proud of the fact that he he played on that 1980 gold medal team. He was very proud of the fact that he played in the National Hockey League. And uh, but he'd be the last person to tell anyone that he did either. You know, that's how humble he was. Mm. And, uh, you know, just a great guy. And, of course, he struggled uh, with mental illness in the last few years of his life. And uh, you know, had a very unfortunate incident up uh, near Lutzen when he went fishing with a neighbor. And he had done this many a times. And uh, the last couple of years of his life, he was very paranoid. And he had suffered some real trauma through different courses of his life. And also, in my opinion, anyways, at 5'8", you know, Mark was never one to shy away from going into the yep. tough areas, and he played at the very highest level. And so he took a few hits, obviously, and I think that affected him, you know, later in life. And, uh, you know, he had damaged even some close relationships the last couple of years with family members because of how paranoid he was. But mm-hmm. as I said before, he had gone out fishing with a neighbor and came back, and he was convinced that this uh, neighbor had spiked his beer and, and uh, unfortunately uh, reacted in a very negative way. And 
He was arrested, uh, was tried and ruled incompetent to stand trial, and 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 went. It was uh, assigned to go to St. Peter, a mental institute in Mankato, and that's where where the ranch, the teammates for life, uh, concept came about. Uh, Barry Beck. Uh, was uh, Mark's captain when he played for the New York Rangers, and Barry was this big, physical, imposing defenseman, and at that time, probably one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League. Well, the irony is Mark and uh, Barry hadn't really been in touch since Mark's playing days, but Barry, who was in Hong Kong and, and was running the Hockey Association, believe it or not, in Hong Kong, uh, found out, you know, I think through uh, Facebook, through uh, Mark's sister, and he reached out to, to Mark's sister, Jean, and um, got the contact information for Mark. And so they started Zooming and talking uh, during the time that Mark was at St. Peter. And, and Mark started to get better there, too. He was getting treatment. He was, he was on some medication. He was able to, you know, repair some relationships that he had damaged because he became the Mark that we all knew. And uh, But during that time, he and Barry would discuss that there's got to be a better way of helping hockey players in particular at that time that were struggling with uh, mental health issues. So they came up with the idea, the ranch, Teammates for Life. And and the idea was going to be whenever Mark got free, you know, he was very astute with real estate. He had bought a lot of land up on the North Shore here in Minnesota. And then he went out different places across the country and bought land in Arizona and Idaho. And when he got a little short, on change, he, he would sell a plot of land for a profit. And uh, so Mark was going to travel. And initially, he and Barry wanted the ranch to be in a warm state so that they could have year-round activities, whoever they were helping at that time. And it would abut a lake or, or, or a river or what, because Mark was an avid, avid fisher person. And, you know, he was going to become the fishing guide for the ranch. Um but that kind of all changed, you yeah. know, the ranch expanded. The ranch expanded when Mark was able to get transferred to the Eagles Healing Nest. And, uh, and that's for kids. Kind of, I, I don't mean to speed you up here, but because we're going to have you on a different time as well. But but uh, in the last couple of minutes, just explain what it's become in Sox Center and what it's going to become uh, down the road. Well, the Eagles Healing Nest is a uh, mental wellness center for veterans, and they have an angel there that runs it by the name of Melody Butler. And she gave us... Uh, the land and, and, a, and, a, and a, a big building that needed to be remodeled, refurbished, and furnished, you know, for the ranch to have its home. And as I said before, Barry and Mark initially wanted it, you know, in a warm state, but when God hands you a gift for zero dollars, you take it. So the ranch's home is right on the campus of the Eagles Healing Nest uh, with Melanie Butler. And the advantage we have there is that we're able to use her services. I mean, Mark was able to spend the last few months of his life there and he embraced and loved the veterans that were there and vice versa. The veterans loved him. Mm. And so what we're right now doing is we're, we're, we're trying to refurbish the building and, and furnish it so that, you know, we have some beds to, to help people. Okay. You just, Ron, you keep doing what you're doing. We'll get you on again soon. Cause I want to stay in touch with you during the progress of this. And it's so interesting and fascinating to study it, but great to finally visit with you and we will do it again soon. Uh, but the ranch near Sox Center is something for people to keep an eye on, huh? Yeah, it is, and it's 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 to help not just hockey players, but also veterans and first responders. And if you don't mind, you know we have a, our second annual golf fundraiser coming up at the Majestic Oak uh, Golf Club on on August 29th in Ham Lake. And uh, if anyone's interested, we have a website you can go to. There's a lot of ways of helping. It's just simply the ranch 
teammatesforlife.golf, reg, R-E-G, dot com. Okay, we'll, we'll give that out later, put it on our website because we're up against it. But, Ron, thank you so much. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk again soon. Okay, thank you very much. You bet. When we come back, she's releasing a CD. Who is she when we come back? 